Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Judy Stewart, Penny Wilhelm, and Teresa Crawford. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you. Well, we can't forget we have little Owen over here. Um, Penny has her grandson with her, and that's good. Um, Today we're going to talk a little bit about um, Celebrate Recovery Family and he is welcome indeed um, to be at the table. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, Celebrate Recovery. We've been highlighting that this month on Front Porch Talks. And I want to start out, I don't care which one of you go first, but just identify yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, where you grew up and where you're from. I'm Judy Stewart. I was born in Portsmouth, Virginia, and um, spent a lot of time there, but I uh, spent most of my time growing up in Salem, Virginia, and Roanoke, Virginia. I'm Penny Wilhelm. I was born in Boston, Massachusetts, grew up in Connecticut, and have for the last several years lived in Harrisonburg. I'm Teresa Crawford. I was born in Radford, Virginia. I grew up in Dublin, Virginia, and uh, moved to Bridgewater in 1982. So thank you for sharing that. Tell us a little bit about, um, if maybe one of you, maybe we won't get to all of you, but if someone would like to share a little bit about their family and how they grew up. I was born in Portsmouth and was there for a short period of time and due to a lot of dysfunction in my family, uh, my uh, natural father ran away, disappeared for many, many, many years and uh, my mother had trouble taking care of and supporting four children, didn't have a lot of help. So I grew up in the Salem Baptist Children's Home uh, in Salem, Virginia, and uh, some outsourced family in uh, Roanoke, Virginia. I got married uh, when I was 29. I moved here in 1985. So growing up, did you have any, um, did you all go to church? Was that ever a part of your life? When did faith become a part of your journey? Well, I was very, very little, Uh a little kid when I went to Salem. And the Salem Baptist Children's Home, I don't remember a church as a a small child. I don't remember that at all. But um, at the Salem Baptist Children's Home, of course, being a Baptist children's home, we uh, we did church all the time. And uh, we did uh, GAs and learned the books of the Bible and all the stuff that you would learn there. Mm-hmm. And Jesus and God, uh, it became a fear thing, a loving fear thing, mm-hmm. but it was a fear thing. There certainly was no relationship there. But they planted a good, solid ground for mm-hmm. someone who didn't have relationship. And um, Provenient Grace was certainly <laughs> part right. of all of that. Yeah. Um, but I love the Lord and have been saved and uh, was saved in the dirt of a cornfield in Suffolk, Virginia. Mm. I wish we had time to hear that story, but we may have to have you back another day for that one. Anybody else about uh, childhood, growing up, where faith entered your lives? I grew up as an only child with a grandfather who was a Pentecostal holiness minister. So I also grew up with the fear factor. Um, But later in the Methodist church learned that uh, God was very loving and trusting. And through Celebrate Recovery, I have come to a whole new spiritual level in my relationship with the Lord. Very good. Thank you for sharing that. How about you, Penny? Um, I was adopted and... um, 
my birth mother was not Catholic, but her mother was. So I was born um, with uh, the group Catholic Charities, and I was adopted by a family that had a 10-year-old daughter, and they had suffered seven miscarriages that were very devastating. Mm. So I was their penny from heaven. Mm. That's how I got my name. And um, I was part of that adoption process was I had to be raised Catholic. And um, my father was first generation born in this country Italian, so I grew up with a large Italian family. I was the youngest in the family um, of cousins. And I had to go to catechism. And one of the things I remember from a very early age was asking the nuns in catechism, what are those names and why do they have numbers after them? And no one would ever tell me what that meant. I never knew, but I had to do all these different um, sacraments. I had to go through all these classes, but I never felt like I had an understanding. Um, no one would explain it to me, except the Baptist lady across the street would occasionally explain some things. Mm. Um, and then my first year of high school, um, I was allowed to do a Bible study, but I wasn't allowed to fully participate because I still had to be Catholic until I was an adult, and then I could make my own decision. Um, so I was able to go to... Um, I guess it was a worship service for teens. I really don't know. Um, and they had an altar call. Mm -hmm. And I just started crying. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't stop crying. I think they were afraid to bring me home because I couldn't <laughs> stop crying. And I think it probably scared my parents a little bit because they pulled me back for a while. So my relationship with Christ was kind of like a little bit and then pulled back. A little bit mm -hmm. and pulled back. But I really respect my parents because they prayed for me. Mm -hmm. And part of that was they had to raise me a certain way. And I know that God had a plan for me yeah. based on that. Yeah. So it sounds like all three of you all definitely had a foundation of faith. Sounds like maybe you had an experience where Jesus became real to you, Penny, mm -hmm. um, in that moment. You had that in the cornfield. Um, that's where it became real for you, right? And do you have that moment of when it just became really real? Uh, no, I don't have a definitive moment when That's it okay. really became real. It was just always, uh, church was always a part of my life. Uh, I always believed in God. But like I said before, uh, I had to say anything was definitive. It's been celebrate recovery mm -hmm. in the spirituality aspect of my relationship with God. So what was it like for you to come to celebrate recovery, Teresa? You're the one that kind of went there, so we'll just go there. <laughs> what was it like for you to come and begin to be a part of Celebrate Recovery? How I, You've been on before. Your full testimony is actually on Front Porch Talks, but everybody listening doesn't probably know all of that. Coming in, I knew no one but you. That's true. And it would have been the first time in probably my entire life that I was in a room full of people that I did not know. Mm. I had no idea of what to expect. I had only seen the video at church of how Celebrate Recovery had changed this woman's life. And I knew that it was about hurts and habits mm. and hang-ups. And I had been through a very uh, difficult hurt relationship in mm. my life. And I felt like, well, maybe I had something to offer mm. since I had been there quickly learned that uh, the program offered me healing as I uh, began to learn more about Celebrate Recovery and how to interact with people and what a Celebrate Recovery family really was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 
you've went on to become a part of leadership, but I know something that um, you really are passionate about is groups and open share groups and step study groups. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, how about you, Judy? What was it like for you to come in to celebrate recovery? Well, when Celebrate Recovery first came to this church a few years ago, I actually participated in it up to a point, mm -hmm. and then and then I, I didn't attend anymore. So I had a, a basic idea, mm -hmm. and then I have a friend, uh, a long, long-time friend that I encouraged to come because she was dealing with some stuff, and I watched her over the last couple of years just change and bloom and blossom and so I called Pastor Margaret one day and said, um, I'd love to come to celebrate recovery as a prayer presence. Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, we're always welcome prayer covering. So I came, and then it became real to me. I, I became intimate with some of the people and familiar with what they do. And now it's one of those things where absence hurts. <laughs> I don't want to be absent yeah. from those meetings. And if I could share the words yeah. to an old hymn, I'll tell you what it's like to me to come in to celebrate recovery, having gone for some months now. Uh, there's an old song called Sweet, Sweet Spirit. And the words that for the first two verses, there's a, and this is what I feel when I walk into that room on Monday night, mm -hmm. when I, and at the end of that program, when we have open share, so we're all together and we're not, it's mm -hmm. not structured, but there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place, and I know that it's the spirit of the Lord. There are sweet expressions on each face, and I know that it's the presence of the Lord. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove, stay right here with us, filling us with your love, and for these blessings, we lift our hearts in praise. Without a doubt, we'll know that we have been revived when we leave this place. Mm. And that's how I feel. There's so much love, and there's so much genuineness and non-judgmentalness. Mm. And the Christmas season, we're getting ready to enter into. I had this thought at prayer last Monday night. You know, we're Christmas season. We're celebrating and getting ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And... I'm giving thanks for salvation rebirth and for celebration recovery, the rebirth of lives that have been changed by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. in recovery, celebrate mm -hmm. recovery. It's powerful. It's loving. It's gentle. That's just awesome. It's yeah. just awesome. Well, we are certainly grateful to have you here and you have such a presence of prayer and uh, people know they can come to you and, and be prayed for and I'm so grateful to hear that you just came in um, with a desire to pray, and God's just knit you right in to the tapestry of our family. And, Amen. Um, it's good. Um, Penny, it's been a little while since the inception, really, of Celebrate Recovery mm -hmm. when you became a part of it. Um, do you have anything you want to share from that? Or I got involved when Pastor Carey uh, started bringing it up during his... Um, were they suppers? Or Holy yeah. hour. Yeah. And he bought it up, and I remember if anyone was interested to just come up and talk, and I went right straight to Pastor Margaret and said, I have to be involved. I had no idea how God would use me. Um, went through any training that there was, um, ate it up. I just felt like I was being fed, and I didn't know exactly how God was going to use it. And on the very first night of Celebrate Recovery, I was just here. I didn't know how God would use me. And that night, I met Teresa for the first time, and I became a co-leader for codependence. And um, both of us, I think, were a little bit surprised and not knowing what to expect, but um, God just really 
embraced us and helped us through those initial meetings and the support staff and the training that we had leading up to this, we just kept on remembering, just stick with the program, just let God do the work. And that was the thing, was keeping keeping it just how it was supposed to be. And we just saw so many incredible things happen in the year that we were together. And then they separated us. And we went and we got to do it again. And the best thing is watching some of these women that um, didn't think that they could do it are now leaders. And just seeing what God has done in their lives has just been so precious. And I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity to participate. Well, we certainly are grateful um, that you all have leaned into the program. And I know that we have on Monday nights, we have open share groups. And, and those groups are when anyone... Um, that attends is welcome to an open share group. You can um, be a part of whichever one you feel is most um, appropriate for what you're going through. And then we have uh, groups that meet other nights of the week called step studies. Would anybody like to share a little bit about what those are with our listeners? Well, for me, the step study is really the meat of the program. It's where you take the 12 steps and you do a very intense study. You have a homework assignment, come back with your questions answered, and we share. And through the sharing, I find people learn more about themselves by hearing other people talk about Mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. And it might jar a memory or a thought to help them put into words what's going on in their lives and... uh, It's an amazing program. For me as a leader, uh, the biggest joy that I have is taking a group and starting with a group of ladies who don't know each other and ending Mm. with a group of ladies who have become family, Mm. confidants, and uh, prayer partners, prayer warriors. It's just amazing to see how God works in this setting to change lives. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. I've been a witness to that and my life has been changed by being a part of celebrate recovery and we know it's jesus and the holy spirit that does that works within us but this is just a safe place and a really good curriculum uh, to help us uh, look into our own lives and as you said um, Teresa, it's so true that sometimes someone else will say something and it just kind of triggers something it helps us to process our own things and i think it's so hard sometimes to admit you have anything going on in your life. And I remember a um, particular day, I was in a step study back a few years ago, and I remember just having something on my heart that I didn't really want to share with anybody else. And through sharing in this step study, find out that there's somebody in the room that can identify with me and what I'm going through. And not that it made it easier or I was happy because somebody else was going through it, but I had someone that I could communicate with and that we could pray for each other and have that camaraderie and just a deeper relationship. And the enemy would love for us to be in isolation. I think a lot of people probably think of Celebrate Recovery and go, oh, I'm not going there, you know, because they're scared to tell maybe what has happened to them or... Mm -hmm. They're scared that someone will judge them. And 
it's already been said today that it is such a non-judgmental atmosphere because we've all been broken and we realize that. So anyone else um, want to share a little bit about that experience of step study? I was invited to participate in a step study and um, was a little bit hesitant to do it, but with encouragement from a friend I did, and I'm so glad I did. The thing about Celebrate Recovery in general, there's such an emphasis on confidentiality that it's unbelievable. But um, being in step study, when I first, immediately first couple of weeks, I realized that I have a real trust issue. And I think I shared this with you, Teresa, that it was in the first couple of weeks of doing the homework and, and talking about it to these group of women that I have learned to completely trust that actually there was a breakthrough in that, and it's kind of freed me from a lot of things, just from that one thing. So anyway, I'm working in step study. I love it, and uh, it's like Teresa said, this group of ladies in step study have become intimate family Mm -hmm. to me, as well as family in the general population Mm -hmm. of Celebrate Recovery. I think that everybody uh, can benefit from some level of this program because we all have stuff It's just that we don't want to talk about it because we're afraid and we have trust issues. But Celebrate Recovery is a wonderful place if you really need to work through some stuff. It's a good place to start. Yeah, I agree with you. The reason it's called a step study is because it's the 12 steps. It's a study on the 12 steps and the recovery principles, which uh, is a big part of Celebrate Recovery. And those come out of the Beatitudes. Mm -hmm. And so... It is a powerful study to be in the Word and to be with the group. In our step studies, we either have groups of men or groups of women. Um, that's the same in our open shares. Um, that is another, I think, positive um, about this program is you have a place that's safe. And, and then on Monday nights, they divide out into where you have more like maybe issues with the people that you're in a room with. But then the step studies meet on another night, and it's a pretty long commitment. It's a long commitment. Um, what would you say, Teresa, as far as the commitment? They tell us to allow a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with a small group like we have this time, six, it will probably take a good bit less than a year, maybe seven, eight months. Uh, the longest and most intense part is doing the inventory, mm-hmm. and we take a lot of time to let people carefully work through their lives and their hurts and hang-ups that have occurred during their lives to get those out and to be healed from those. So we take as much time as needed, but um, allowing for a year with the big group that I had, we had 12, it did take a year. Yeah, and I think there's four books you go through, and after you finish a book, you have a celebration night, right? (laughs) Not mandatory, but it was something that a former um, CR participant had suggested when you finish a book, we have a celebration. So um, so you just have a movie night? We had, girls had movie nights and brought in popcorn and, and snacks and just kind of let our hair down, if you will, and, you know, just be girls again and just like a big girl slumber party in right. a way. And uh, I know the guys had one last night. I was going to say. Yeah, and I saw five boxes of pizza come through the door. <laughs> Well, and, uh, they had a good time. I figured 
because I was in the foyer of the church, one of the guys came through and he said, oh, we're watching a movie. And I knew, I went, wait a minute, it's step study. And then I remembered they're having a celebration night. And uh, so that's good. Anything else that you all want to share? I, Penny, did you want to share anything about the step study, what that meant to you? Um, it can seem overwhelming to open yourself up and to share the hard, hard stuff, the deep stuff. But it is ultimately what you need to do to get that level of healing. And God will have you the whole time, even when you don't think. I remember one coming into a new step study group, one of the questions happened to be, who gets in God's way? And my answer was, I do. Mm -hmm. And... Um, to say it out loud was like, oh yeah, I really do. So mm -hmm. it made me dig in deeper. Um, it made me learn to trust people, which was an issue that I was having. And I'm just so grateful to my sisters in Christ who lifted me up in prayer. It was hard to share, but I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity to go to that deeper level of feeling with Christ. Well, there's been mention a few times about the confidentiality and one thing that I absolutely love about Celebrate Recovery is they have five guidelines. And we do stick to those guidelines. And I think one of them is confidentiality. But in that, we build, because we have those guidelines, we have safe boundaries. And I think everybody needs boundaries. Like We all need to know... Um, where the boundary lines are in relationship. And I think it's been one of the most beautiful things for me is just to become comfortable within the guidelines or the boundaries of Celebrate Recovery and have that opportunity to come to the table and no one twists your arm to share. You share at the pace that you're comfortable with. And trust is not built overnight. Judy, you didn't come to a place of not trusting overnight, so you're not going to get to a place of mm -hmm. trusting someone overnight. Mm -hmm. Those things are built. Like, we have to take time to build relationships that we can trust. And I think Celebrate Recovery supplies a place like that and a group of people um, to journey with you that respect those boundaries as well. As well as being non-judgmental. Yeah. And I think that's one of the greatest things one of my sponsees said to me. I love talking to you because you don't judge me. Mm. Yeah, that's important. And we share things from our lives that other people would judge. And it's just uh, amazing to have a family who doesn't judge you mm. and accepts you for the way you are. Do any of you have anything that um, you want to share that you haven't shared at this point? I would just say to anybody that's thinking about it, when you on a Monday night when you come in, I was a little bit surprised at how comfortable it was. Uh, when you come in, even if you didn't know anybody, you're not alone, and you're embraced by people. Um, there are volunteers and some CR folks who, with very loving hands, uh, prepare a meal so you eat, and then you go into a group with everybody, so you're still with a whole bunch of folks, and like I say, you're ushered in and taken care of, and um, they have a little program and a song and some singing, and it's just very comfortable. It's very comfortable. And then they break out into little groups of their own. If you're a newcomer, you're not in that yet. But uh, So you can come that first night, and it's very comfortable and um, just a good place to be on Monday night. Yeah. 
And we say often to that newcomer, that person that hasn't been in the building yet, and they walk in that first time, that is such a brave and courageous walk. Yeah. And it's one that um, many people have said, man, I, I sat in the parking lot for a long time before I came in. And there's been people that have sat in the parking lot and left and then came back the next week or, you know, and it does take courage. But um, I do believe that everyone is welcomed um, with open arms mm-hmm. and a good meal yeah. um, is waiting for you. With the holiday season approaching, a lot of us run into people that maybe came for a while or a season, and maybe we haven't seen them. Just know that we've been praying for you. You come to our minds quite often, and when God wants you to come back, we're here waiting for you. Mm. We want to um, walk with you through whatever it is that you need to deal with. Thank you. Sometimes I think people get a little bit intimidated or scared by the word recovery because it's so often associated with drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. This program is not just addiction. It covers all kinds of hurts, all kinds of habits, and all kinds of hang-ups. So life throws some crazy curveballs at you sometimes. So if you've been hurt, come join us because God will lead you through that hurt and you'll come to a place of peace and a place of healing that's like you just can't imagine. And I'm so grateful for what it did for my life because I was broken, very, very broken. Mm-hmm. And so thankful. And now I'm thankful to be able to share with other people what it's done in my life. Well, and I think another thing that as long as we're on this earth and as long as we have breath, we have work to do. Like the healing is until we see Jesus, we're not going to be healed fully. And, you know, just this past week, I taught a lesson, and I had to admit to the group that, hey, I had a rough patch about a month ago, a really rough patch, and God just took me deeper in my healing. And those things that come into our life that we think those times when something happens and we're just not sure about the future, you know, I think God allows us to kind of stop and reflect, and he wants us to have a deeper healing. And so I'm trying to remember what it was that Pastor Adrian said on this past Sunday's message about an interruption. Do you all remember? Yeah, he was talking about how, you know, interruptions happen in our life, but an interruption can become an invitation. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it was. And so if you're having interruptions in your life, um, I would ask you just to think about, is that an invitation to go deeper into some places? And if it is, we're just here, like Penny said, waiting to welcome you in and embrace you. And um, recently had someone wanted me to meet them at the front door because they were scared about coming in. And man, I did that. And that night, I got a text, and they said, hey, we'll be back next week. That was amazing. And they have been back every week since. So I hope that's enough testimony. of It's not a scary thing. Um, and we want people to engage at what level they're comfortable. So if it's just coming to the large group um, and checking that out, that is absolutely fine. And as you were talking, I was thinking that you guys were talking, it's on Monday nights here at Harrisonburg, First Church mm-hmm. of the Nazarene which is at 1871 Boyers Road, for those who aren't aware. But would you guys like to share, like the time you guys mentioned that there's a free meal 
that is before the actual CR starts. So just details if anybody listening is interested and maybe join and uh, celebrate recovery here at the church. The meal starts at 6 o'clock. Then we have worship at 6.30. And then we break up into small group discussions, male and female, at around 7.15 or so. And after open share group, we go back to the cafe and have a time of fellowship, which we call the Crosstalk Cafe. That's an inside joke. There. Yes, that's. Um, uh, we don't have crosstalk in our meetings, but we can certainly have it after the meeting's over. So, yes, uh, we would uh, love to have anyone. You don't have to be a part of Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene to come. Everyone is welcome, no matter what your background or we're here for. Um, the community. Well, Teresa and Judy and Penny, thank you for joining us today. It's been uh, a joy to have you guys on Front Porch Talks. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having us. Uh, thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. We pray uh, that our conversation with Judy Stewart, Penny Wilhelm, and Teresa Crawford has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.